Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to Off the Wire. I am your host, Noella Lynn, aka the Cajun Libertarian, and we have an awesome show lined up for you tonight. We are at peak American and Western civilization headlines of 2023, where I have absolutely great news to give you uh, with the Rona tyranny. Absolutely unraveling by the second and i am here for it thank god and then we also have russian nuclear submarine warships being spotted off the coast so let's talk about it on this very exciting and entertaining and informative episode of off the wire coming up right now Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to Off the Wire. Again, if you're just now joining me, I am your host, Noella Lynn, a.k.a. the Cajun Libertarian. Let me know if there's any tech issues going on. So far, so good. I've got a completely new setup, completely new studio, um, and so everything seems to be functioning greatly, but let me know. Otherwise, we're good to go. Um, in regards to the headlines, as my man uh nick mckinney says "Ooh, spicy oh man is it brian let's go and nick again says yo all right if you like the show share it subscribe to my youtube channel and um follow me everywhere F facebook the cajun libertarian uh twitter is at the cajun libert one and Really, really would love your subscription to YouTube as I will be transitioning most to YouTube as you can see that Nick McKinney is watching from there right now. So uh, before we get started, I want you to hear a word from our very, very special and national treasure, Spike Cohen. The game plan of You Are the Power is pretty simple. We find people who are being harmed or abused or neglected or mistreated by their local governments. And uh, yeah, this is my life's work. Uh, we want to help people. This is something that has already began to affect real change. This isn't some distant, futuristic, utopic, or utopian <laughs> dream. It's already happening. It's making its courts. It's making waves right now as we speak. If you want to learn how to become an effective activist and then to do actual activism and actually help people now, not wait for, like you said, some distant utopian future where libertarians take over the world and leave everyone alone... If you want to do that now, that's what we're doing. This next year is going to be the year that people see what liberty actually looks like. Not what it sounds like, not what our philosophy is, but what it act, the actual results and idea what the solutions behind what we do. So that's what I'm doing with You Are The Power. I would love for you to be a part of it. Youarethepower.net. We'd love for you to uh, become a member. And uh, yeah, this is my life's work. Outstanding. Awesome. Please go to youarethepower.net and sign up today. Get your free subscription so that you can be informed on what's happening. Like the event in South Texas that just went down yesterday where Spike held an event. I've also had Donnie the Don on several shows, uh, Jeff Charles several shows. Both of them were speakers there as well. Uh, in regards to the government, 
absolute freaking tyranny that we call eminent domain, which is very much akin to a civil asset forfeiture where they can just take your crap without your permission. This isn't fascism. We're sprinting past fascism headed uh, head first into communism and people aren't even knowing it's existed. And those that know that it is happening in this country right here, right now, today, they're making excuses for it. And we're not talking about just the Democrats or just the Republicans. We're talking about the Uniparty. So please go check out yourthepower.net, sign up and find out how you can help your local community. With that being said, again, one more plug, YouTube channel, Facebook, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically everywhere you can get your podcast. Please sign up, follow me, subscribe to all of those things. Leave a five-star review, even if you hate the show, because I have amazing guests that you will love. So that being said, let's get into it. Absolute wins, wins in the COVID tyranny department. Why are we still talking about that? Yes, South uh, Jersey Libertarian, I saw uh, more banks are closing. This is going to be a meltdown. I'm going to get into that when I find out more about it. I do not like to speak on things I am not informed on. So we will handle that at a later date as I become more educated every single day on the banking system, which I already had. A, probably most of us have a good you know, minutia of information when it comes to the banking system, but not near where we should be. So uh, also, if you're watching, there's a lot of you watching already as we start the show, an amazing show lined up. Get into the comments. Tell me how you feel. I like to show them on screen just like I did. You are a part of the show, 100%. 100%. You're a part of the show. Get in the comments. Let me know what you think. Uh, I get a lot of people that disagree with me in the comments, but they still love the show. So let me know how you feel. First thing up on the plate. Fired, unvaxxed New York court workers must be rehired, given back pay with interest. Yes! We knew it was coming, or at least we hoped it was coming, and it's here, and here we go. I'm here for it. They're not just getting rehired. They're getting their payback plus some. They should have never went through this in the first place. This article from The Blaze, March 6th, 2023. The New York State Public Employment Relations Board ruled that court workers who were fired for for, refu uh, sorry, for refusing to get the COVID-19 shot must be rehired and given back pay. Listen, some of us were screaming into the void for years that you couldn't do this. This was tyranny. You were never going to get away with this. And they got away with it for a minute. And here we are. Brian says, that's great. Yes, my friend. Yes, it is. And here's the fun part about it. Wait till we get to the end of this article. It's a very short article, by the way. We're going to go through it really quickly. Morgan Dow says, New York City is, quote, unquote, mandating people take their masks off when entering public buildings because of all the crime that's happening. Oh, man, I know I saw that. I'm going to report on that as well, just because it's fun. And we like to have fun on this show. Uh, there's not a lot of news that is worthy of funness. But we try to make it that way because we are living in dire times. And I don't want to be somebody who's just an alarmist and sitting here spreading a bunch of negative information because that's what sells for clicks and views. I'm going to do my best to give you good information. And even when it's bad information, we try to figure out when and where we can help to try to alleviate the bad things. All right. Continue on. <laughs> 
The February 24th decision made by the board requires the unified core system to, quote, cease and desist, end quote, from enforcing policies that mandate all non-judicial employees to be vaccinated or regularly tested for COVID. I use that word vaccinated very loosely. Also, take note of the uh, phraseology there that they use that non-judicial employees are excluded from this. That's going to pop back up later. Well, I guess it doesn't have to now because I just said it. So that's the next thing that we need to work on. That's the next thing that we need to push back on. Is that if it's not mandated for one, because according to many scientists and doctors, it isn't necessary, then it should be not mandated for any period. End of discussion. We should not be talking about this anymore in 2023 at all. If you're still thinking that these mandates are good, that these mandates are healthy, that these mandates have been successful in any way, shape, or form, then I have news for you. You're in a cult, and you are the one that's anti-science and uneducated, period. Full stop. Cope with it or go get educated and go actually trust the science to science. Court workers who, quote-unquote, lost accrued leave compensation or employment, end quote, must be made, quote unquote, whole. I know that's a lot of quotes and end quotes, but that's how the article is written. So take it up with the blaze. I want to make sure that I speak this stuff, particularly the board rule or uh, specifically. The non-judicial employees will receive back pay with interest paid, at, quote, at the maximum legal rate, end quote. Yes! Maximum. Full. Every penny they can be paid to plus now i'm telling you right now more lawsuits should be filed grievances air, take it all the way to the top that you possibly can in the legal effort to get compensated for the pain and suffering that you were called caused by these anti-science authoritarian tyrants period in the perb ruling p-e-r-b Administrative law judge Miriam something or another. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. You should look that one up. It's M-A-N-I-C-H-A-I-K-U-L. So good luck. Determined that court officials, quote unquote, had a duty to negotiate, end quote, with the unions regarding shots. That's not the word they use. That's the word I'm using in testing requirements. According to that weird name, uh, since the UCS failed to enter into negotiations before enacting such an order and did not display a, quote, genuine desire to negotiate thereafter, end quote, it did not meet, quote, the criteria under which an employer is permitted to take unilateral action in an emergency situation, end quote. This, as you will see here very soon, is major precedent. Listen, listen to the vernacular, listen to the phraseology. This is what's important because this is the legal system determining these situations. So that means that other attorneys can pick this up and run with it and just stack more wins. Just keep stacking wins. We should have never taken an L in this department in the first place. Let me explain that part. There should have never been one single L taken in the in this department whatsoever in the first place. Quote, 
In adopting the policies, UCS unilaterally implemented extensive procedures that implicate various terms and conditions of employment, including leave time, compensation, discipline, job security, and medical privacy, all of which must be bargained, in quote, that certain judge with a ridiculous name ruled. Dennis Quirk, president of the New York State Court Officers Association, the New York, New York State Officers Association told the New York Post that the board's decision affects at least 25 court workers. Same guy. Uh, I think it's a guy. Uh, Dennis. Yeah, got to be a dude. All right. According to uh, Dennis Quirk, roughly 200 workers were fired, resigned, or retired due to the mandate, which former state court of appeals chief judge Janet DeFiore or something imposed. Ten unions, including the New York State Court Officers Association, pushed back on the mandates. For, it's in New York. That is such a win. It's in New York. Quark said that while he supports vaccinations, as do I, support vaccinations, the mandate infringes on individual individuals' rights. Here's the man get this this is it's not just the win for the new york workers it's this right here from this leading attorney in the state of new york it's this sentence for me that just tickles my taint he referred to the ruling as a landmark decision end quote yes landmark decision Absolutely fantastic. Carrying on with the theme of great news and the Arona tyranny coming to an absolute abrupt halt. Tim Robbins joins Woody Harrelson in denouncing COVID restrictions, says time to end this charade, end quote. Before we do that, let's uh, I have a new sponsor for the show. I've got to gather all the information for it. So at this point in time, all I can do is ask you to go follow the lunatic libertarian. He has a Facebook page. He has a YouTube channel. He's now a sponsor for the show. I've been on that show. It is a very fun show. I enjoy myself very much. Okay. I'm sure you will too. So please go subscribe to his channels as well. I'll have more information regarding that a little later. <clears throat> Let's get to a few of your comments. James Holt says, all of these government agencies who facilitate lockdown should be subject to being sued. Or worse, I would say. But yes, yes. And I will leave it at that. Because I have a lot to say about it. A lot. So we'll leave it there. Wait a minute. New York City doesn't want people wearing masks indoors because of crime. Call me shocked. Right? <laughs> it's just quite remarkable. Look, let me explain something to the people that are in opposition to what we're doing on this show right here. And millions of people around this country and around the world. Let me explain this to you. All right? There are certain books that were meant to be warnings, not DIY projects. You're not supposed to follow Soylent Green. You're not supposed to adhere to the bad parts of 1984 or Animal Farm. You're not supposed to adhere to rules for radicals of Saul Solinsky's. These aren't books that we're supposed to be going, oh, yeah, that's a template for a success to a, a freaking community, a society, a nation, a country, a world. No, they're not. And I can guarantee you I'm leaving out a ton more. This is off the top of my brain. Stop. Encourage 
your friends and family and your society to read the books. Communist Manifesto. I have a copy right here. It is right there. That is the copy. Communist Manifesto. Know thy enemy. All right. Actor Woody Harrelson, this is also from The Blaze, by the way, March 2nd, 2023. Actor Woody Harrelson expressed his frustration about the continued COVID protocols in a recent quote-unquote Saturday Night Live special monologue and interview with the New York Times, and now fellow actor Tim Robbins has chimed in to agree. I love this article specifically because it's a very fun article, and it's got some great content from both um, Tim Robbins and Woody Harrelson. And these are the types of people, and I'm so sick of hearing like the conservative quote, uh, slash libertarian outlets. Not, you know, those two shouldn't be conflated. I'm just saying, like, those of us that are combating the progressivism that is the cancer of this country, period, of the globe. Progressivism is the cancer of the globe. So, those of us that have the last shred of sanity left, yeah, we're combating that. We just stop conflating basic freaking common sense in biology and science and accuracy to conservatism. Stop doing that if you're a libertarian. Jesus. We, we lose. That's how we lose. All right. All right. A couple of merry comments real quick. James Holt. I still see people riding alone in their cars wearing masks. LOL. I just assume it's because they don't lick the windows. Uh, I would say they probably lick the windows. Um, yeah. I, I, I've i got some things about the, uh, the mask wearing to say. It's going to sound freaking so racist, but it's not whatsoever. And so um, I'm going to get a little bit more information on it, and I'll let you know. I like to lick my windows at the car wash. <laughs> the weird thing is, is I truly want to understand, right, that this is the part that's going to sound so racist. It's not racist. I have no ill, feel, Ill will against these people. These are just the statistics. And I'm telling you, I'm giving you my anecdotal experience here, okay? This is me specifically, personally, in my community, what I see. 98% of the people do not wear masks. 99% of the people in my community that do wear masks are black. And I can't for the life of me figure out why. I, I, there's no way you can explain this away just because they listen to certain media. Because all people of all colors and religions listen to different types of media. Uh, it blows my mind. I don't get it. it. It's a it's a really phenomenal societal experience as to why like people in my area, ninety nine percent or ninety eight percent or more, don't wear masks. But the ninety nine point eight or nine percent of those that do are black. That's so weird to me. I, that 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 doesn't make any sense whatsoever. All right, carry on. On Thursday, Robbins, who is sixty four, tweeted an article about Harrison's. Uh, opposition to continued restrictions and then added in the message, quote, Woody is right. Time to end this charade, end quote. In his SNL monologue last Saturday, Harrelson took aim at Big Pharma. A lot of you probably watch this. If you haven't, go watch it. It's awesome. I love it. Um, <clears throat> they're going to paraphrase a little bit here with uh, with some quotes. So in his SNL monologue last Saturday, Harrelson took aim at Big Pharma, calling companies like Pfizer and Moderna quote-unquote drug cartels that buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And then he goes on to say, and you can't come out of your homes unless you keep taking the drugs over and over again. Now, I threw the script away because 
Who's going to believe that? That's my worst Woody Harrelson impersonation ever. Never tried to impersonate him before, so there you go. Uh, have fun at my expense online live right there. He also joked about the uh, shot boosters that Americans have been encouraged to get. The audience seemed uncertain of how to react to Harrelson's jokes, offering no applause and only a few tepid laughs during the segment of his monologue. This is because they're sheep. They have to be told what to believe and what to be entertained by. They can't look at it with a critical mindset and say, this is hilarious. They can't even see that he may even be, he's not being satirical, but even the thought of that he might be so we can still laugh. They can't, they have to be told exactly what to laugh at. They have to be told exactly what's funny. They have to be told exactly what narrative is approved and should be approved to be spread. That's why. I know we use that word sheep, that adjective, it's not an adjective, it's a noun, but, <clears throat> excuse me, we use it as an adjective all the time. We got so much pollen here, so forgive me for the stuffy nose and the, um, and the coughing and maybe some sneezes. All right, moving on. Uh, the audience seemed uncertain of how to react to Harrelson's joke. Yeah, we went there. And then in an interview with the New York Times and shared by Variety, Harrelson explained that many in Hollywood who work behind the scenes are still, still subjected to onerous mask and back, uh, shot mandates, even as actors and actresses have regained much of their freedom. Here's some excellent content from Woody Harrelson. Ready? Here we go. This is uh, during his interview in the New York Times. Quote, I don't think that anybody should have the right to demand that you're forced to do the testing, forced to wear the mask, and forced to get multiple shots three years on, Harrelson told the Times. I'm just like, let's be done with this nonsense. It's not fair to the crews. I don't have to, quote from Woody Harrelson, I don't have to wear a mask. Why should they? Hmm. Yes, indeed. Why should they have to be shotted? How's that not up to the individual? Exactly. Shouldn't I shouldn't be talking about this expletive. Good. I love this guy for a variety of reasons. I've been following Woody Harrelson for a long time. Uh, he's pretty much a staunch libertarian. He's got probably you know a little more socialistic views on some stuff. Some stuff. Kind of, he probably fall, falls more in line with. Uh, I was gonna say Rusty Rockets, but uh, that's his Twitter handle. Um, but you obviously know who I'm talking about, Ru uh, Russell Brand, who's absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. We need these people with major platforms to be doing this. They should have started it from the beginning. But I'm not gonna be that guy that's griping on about how they didn't do it. And that was my—I think I got carried away there um, earlier with the rant. But that—that that was my point. It, I'm not going to be that person that's going to cry about the fact they're just now doing it. I don't care. I just, just, just do it. Just as long as they're doing it, that's what matters. That's what matters. Yes, I would have rather them been doing it long ago. They're doing it now. Okay, thank you. That's it. Big stand-up ovation. That's all. That's all that matters. <clears throat> Notably, Harris, Harrelson also spoke up about Big Pharma last fall telling Bill Maher, uh, quote, the last people I would trust with my health is big pharma and big government because neither one of those strike me as caring entities, end quote. Well, obviously, they don't. They celebrate in the destruction of human life, apparently. 
Uh, now, Tim Robbins has joined Harrelson in condemning the continued restrictions. This isn't the first time Robbins has spoken out against them. In December, Robbins appeared on the podcast of British actor Russell Brand, Rusty Rockets on Twitter, uh, and expressed regret about accepting the government's expressed regret about accepting the government's narrative about the Rona and those who refused the vaccine. This, this is what this country needs. Because when you get onto the internet, all you see, all you see is people doubling down, almost all you see is people doubling down on their horrific mistakes. They're terrible ideas. They, you never, please tell me when you heard somebody with this kind of stature and platform literally come, and he says it multiple times in this interview, by the way, literally say, I was dead ass wrong. I was dead wrong and I feel terrible about it. How many? How many? If we are going to be a serious society that is healthy, then this is how we have to act. Humility must come first. Not absolutism, not your arrogance, not your pride. Humility and transparency and self-reflection to the actual data and facts. That's how we are going to grow. Full freaking stop. This isn't rocket science. Like, you don't need to be Jordan Peterson to figure this out. Who I have his book right here, like, 12 Rules of Life. Oh, right there. 12 rules for life. Anyway, I got a lot of stuff here. Communist Manifesto, George Orwell, 1984, Nefarious Plot, Matt Kibbe, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Rise of the Fourth Right, Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz, The Tyranny of COVID, Jordan Peterson, 12 rules for life. Clint Hoff, Infestation Nation. Hey, look, that's Rothman's book. He's got over 100,000 followers on Twitter. Just released that book. I got another author coming on here in a few minutes, just for a couple of minutes. Friend of mine. Also going to have him on. Carol Roth, Prepper's Bible, Regular Bible, Atomic Habits. Great books. Those are my top book. I have a bunch of them, but those are the ones I dis- decide to s- display right here because those are what I appreciate the most in my life at this moment. These are the things that we need. We need healthy habits in our lives. And how possibly can we produce a healthy society and inject into our society our own personal advances if we cannot be humble and admit our mistakes? How? Explain that to me. Because I don't think that you can. There is no real logical or educational explanation, definitely no intellectual explanation, of how you can advance society by your own efforts, if you can't even admit when you can see that you were obviously wrong and say, oh, I was wrong about that, and then say it in public. Like I said, this is a rocket scientist. You don't have to be a psychologist to to acknowledge it, to realize that these are positive things. All right, carrying on with Tim, who's a raging leftist, by the way. So mad shout out. Mad shout out. The raging righties and the major raging lefties, they never do this kind of stuff. And here we have one doing it. It's beautiful to see, and it must be amplified, and it must be talked about. It must be praised. 
It must be because at the end of the day, the subject material around it really doesn't matter. It's the fact that they're doing it. It's the fact that they are doing it. All right, carrying on. Sorry for the rant there. Let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. At first, blah, blah, blah. Now, Tim Robbins has joined Woody Harrelson in condemning the continued restrictions. This isn't the first time Tim Robbins has spoken against him. Blah, blah, blah. I just told you uh, British actor Russell Brand expressed regret about accepting the government's narrative about the Rona and those who refused the shot. Quote, at first, if you were a Democrat, when Trump was president, well, you weren't going to take that shot because it was Trump's shot. And then that seemed to somehow change. End quote. Robinson told Russell Brand. It was kind of Orwellian. Was it now, Tim? 1984? Right there. Uh, yeah, it was very Orwellian. Carrying on. Robbins also admitted that many were unfairly maligned for protesting against mandates. I'm going to say that again because that is fantastic. Robbins also admitted that many were unfairly maligned for protesting against mandates and fighting to restore freedom. Punishing people for their opinions is, quote, a dangerous thing, Robbins said. Also, quote, that's a dangerous world that we've created. And I say we because I was a part of that. I bought into that whole idea early on. Mad effing respect for Tim Robbins. Now, let me make this note and we'll move on. The fact that I have to shout out Tim Robbins for showing that he has the humility to say, I was wrong. I was wrong about all the people that probably he can't stand. And basically offering up a public apology is the epitome of why our society in America and in Western culture today is falling apart rapidly, rapidly. Why in the hell should this be uncommon? What? This is just basic human decency. This is the bottom of the barrel of how we are supposed to interact in society. This is literally the baseline of human decency. Man, I was wrong. I see that I was wrong now. I'm sorry. I'm going to do better. That, that, that's the translation. That is the literal translation of what I just read to you. And yet here we are, having to praise the basic baseline of decency in society. Still shouting out Tim, but also acknowledging that we are in a dead-ass spiral to the death of this country if we don't redirect and course-correct our own personal approach to how we talk to people, whether it be online, in real, in real life, or otherwise, is irrelevant. This is basic human decency. Now, I will say, the internet has absolutely exacerbated the worst parts of everything that we are. It just 
has just has and so we're gonna have to course correct it's gonna take a lot of love it's gonna take a lot of respect and it's gonna take a lot of humility it will take those three things specifically and if you are a believer as i am it will take jesus it just does there's a reason that we set these baseline decency morality rates is because we have something all in common to adhere to. And we say that's a pretty good standard how, how, how we should treat other people. For me, that's Jesus, Christianity. You do you. You do you. But uh, let's do our best. Let's do our best. Let's see. Oh, God, there's so many comments. All right. I need to. Um, I'll try to get to some of them later. We'll, we'll click on this one real quick. TCL Live from Phoenix O'Brien. Amen. Thank y'all so much for the freaking comments. I hope y'all are interacting with each other because uh, that's what drives the discussion. That's how people get the message out. And that's how we become a better country. Better country. Better country. All right. So Russia, nuclear submarines deployed off U.S. coast sparks alarm. This is from Newsweek from March 6, 2023. As Russian President Vladimir Pelosi, uh, as Russian President Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine continues to rage. U.S. commanders and military observers are sounding the alarm about the activity of Russian submarine fleet thousands of miles away off the U.S. coast. They're saying thousands of mile, miles away from where they're supposed to be. Now, uh, this is a little long, but the reason I said, because I combed through a lot of this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, most of that's unnecessary. Just let me pick out the, the, the good stuff, the entertaining stuff, the stuff that's informative. Um, credit to Newsweek. Here, I have to give them a shout out because they've they've dumped a ton of data into this article. Ton. And, and I think all the data is important. I'll skip through what I can, but um, let me just read. I, this is not going to be a ranting article because this is not a culture war issue. I will say this off the top. This wouldn't be happening if we weren't escalating the Epton war. We are driving that war in Ukraine. We are the worst of the three involved. Three. I say I use that loosely. Anyway. Take that for what it's worth. All right, let's read. Let's read the news, as Tim Pool would say. Uh, as Russian President Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine continues to rage, U.S. commanders and military observers are sounding the alarm about the activity of Russian submarine fleet thousands of miles away off the U.S. coast. Throughout the war, which began when Putin launched a full-scale invasion on neighboring country. Well, full-scale? That was not full-scale, but okay. Uh, Ukraine been an increasing presence of Russian submarines. This is the part that matter. Increasing presence of Russian submarines off of U.S. coast and in the Mediterranean, according to officials. The Russian Navy commands one of the most diverse submarines fleets, one of the most diverse submarine fleets in the world. Some are capable of carrying ballistic missiles with nuclear warheads, which Moscow considers key to its strategic deterrent. Over the past several years, in particular, Moscow produced a series of submarines that have the capability to reach the most critical targets in the U.S. and continental Europe. In, de in December, Putin said his country would be building more nuclear-powered submarines, quote, which will ensure Russia's security for decades to come. So they're continuing to build more warships. There are indications that, quote, nuclear-powered submarines have been Oh, sorry, that got gray on me. Deploying off the coast of the United States. I don't know why the article printed that way. I apologize. And into the Mediterranean Sea and elsewhere along Europe periphery. Uh, Michael Peterson, director of the Russia Maritime Studies Institute. I didn't even know that was a thing. What? The Russia 
Maritime Institute. Studies Institute. Okay. So we have literally a, in a, an entire effing institution studying Russia maritime activities. That's, that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I'm just saying that's hmm, kind of weird. Um, their deployments, quote, mirror Soviet-style submarine deployments in the Cold War, end quote, he said. Last October, U.S. Air Force General Glenn Van Herk, uh, the head of U.S. Northern Command and NORAD, warned us about the growing presence of the nuclear-powered Savard Vince class submarines. I had to literally Google how to say that word. Like that is super rare for me. I, I really have an expansive vocabulary and, but it doesn't include Russian obviously. So it's a Severod Vince class submarines. And the reason I even had, I was like, that has to be important. Why the hell would they label that with specificity there? <laughs> that's a, that's a word right there. Severod Vince, Severod Vince is how you actually say it, but with a Russian accent, class submarines off the, or I'm sorry, off of U.S. coast. He characterized Russia as the primary threat to the country right now. <laughs> Quote, they just moved subs, their first Severodvins submarine into the Pacific, end quote. Van Herk told the Association of the U.S. Army Conference. Quote, another Severodvins is out in the Mediterranean right now and another that's out in its way into the Atlantic. So go look up that word that I just described. You you. You can kind of get the idea. You can go look up the Newsweek article and see how it's spelled. There's a very important reason why they labeled it that way, why they were very specific about the fact that it's a Severodvinsk uh, submarine. It, it is advanced. It's like a it's like a 2023 advanced Soviet Union sub, nuclear sub with heavy capabilities. It's able to hold way more nuclear missiles. It's just much more artillery in general, and it can actually travel farther. So you've got the two best things going for the I'm saying this loosely, right? For them, it's the two best things. They, it, it can travel in much longer distances and can hold a much higher capacity arsenal. All right. Um, moving through this quickly here. All right, well, here, they explain a little bit. I forget about that. Um, that will be a persistent proximate threat capable of carrying a significant number of land attack cruise missiles that can threaten our homeland. Talks about going on even further. And so um, let's see. Let's see, let's see. In February of 2020, U.S. Navy Vice Admiral Andrew Woody Lewis told the U.S. Naval Institute and the Center for Strategic and International Studies think tank that the increasing presence of Russian submarine activity in the Atlantic Ocean means that his service no longer considers the East Coast as an, quote, uncontested area or an automatic, quote, safe haven for its vessels. That is alarming to me. So you're telling me that you got some of the major heads of the United States military saying that the United States military naval service, which is head and shoulders above every other freaking military service on the planet, isn't safe in its own waters. Now, with that being said, remember this is the military industrial complex we're talking about. The first casualty in war is the truth. Take it for a grain, in my opinion, take it with a grain of salt. Um, I'm not going to, most of the time they're lying with statistics. Um, I'm not just going to automatically believe that Russia is trying to nuke the United States just because you saw some subs. Okay. But the information is relevant because I'm also not going to believe that that's not what they're going to do. Right. So carrying on. 
The U.S. Navy is also undergoing a modernization drive. It has a total of 64 submarines in its fleet, including 50 nuclear powered attack submarines, which are tasked with engaging and destroying enemy vessels, supporting onshore operations and carrier groups, carrying out surveillance according to nonprofit nuclear threat initiative. Why is there a nonprofit for that? Like, it just, I don't know. Those stats seem real to me. But I just I don't get why we have an institution for every single effing thing. That that doesn't make sense to me. All right, the U.S. began uh, began building its largest and most advanced Columbia class nuclear powered ballistic missile submarine in SSBN in June of 2022. I'll say that again. The U.S. began building its largest and most advanced Columbia class nuclear powered ballistic missile submarine in ssbn in june of 2022 so just a couple months ago three of the country's most powerful attack submarines were reportedly deployed in the u.s navy in july of 2021 in october of 2022 the u.s navy deployed its stealthiest u.s submarine in the arabian sea the ohio class ssbn former submarine submariner tom shugart is the adjunct senior fellow at the center for new american security said its deployment could be quote to show whomever needs to be reminded that the United States is willing and able to send SSBNs to virtually any ocean area it chooses undetected. Let me repeat that because I hate it so much. Tom Shugart, the adjunct senior fellow, senior fellow at the Center for a New American Security, said its deployment could be, quote, to show whomever needs to be reminded that the U.S. is willing and able to send these submarines to virtually any ocean area it chooses undetected. So why are we just automatically threatening people? That is not defense. That's not defense. That's offensive. We continue to amplify the idea that we are the world's police and that none of you can stop, which is true. I get it. That's true. Like we have the most advanced military the world's ever seen. Nobody can mess with us. Why do we need to keep sending that message? Why? Why? Because I'm starting to think, correct me if I'm wrong, that the every other of the world is starting to be pissed off with this. I mean, really? That it, here's the part about it. Even as a veteran, it's like sounds so. Oh, we're just gonna show them we're we're still America, and we can do what we want. Man, this has not been working out. It has not. That's the part that pisses me off. As they promote it. And it's the left, the right, that, that stupid political paradigm that actually doesn't exist. They look at that and they're like, oh, man, it gets their testosterone flowing, gets them down below, right? We're America. We're just trying to show everybody that we can send our submarines anywhere we want, undetected. America. Man. All while the world falls apart from our own destruction via the military-industrial complex all over the freaking world. Look at Afghanistan. We were there for 20 years. How many Afghanis died? How many U.S. troops died? And in 21 days, the Taliban took it right back over. 
kiss my with this. I'm done with this. I was never on board with it in the first place. Anyway, the exact scale of Russian submarine underwater activity remains unclear. Ah, yeah, you think? Right, because you have all the intel. Though Peterson, Peterson said there's been a clear increase over the past 20 years. Yeah, not shocked there. So that's fine. I have um, I have some fun audio to share with you just because I like poking facts at these people. Um, it's some 1-6 audio, the reactions from... Uh, from the from some of the Democrats and Republicans to uh, Tucker Carlson's. Why? Let, let me let me be transparent here. I've never I've never seen a single freaking episode of Tucker Carlson. I just watched the videos and I just personally enjoy the reaction because I love it when these people wallow in their own self pity when they've been accusing you or other people of doing the same things that they're doing. The self projection of these people is just so astronomical. Their gaslighting is next level, and so. We're gonna have some fun. And we're gonna poke fun of them. Uh, poke fun at them. Poke fun of them at it. My God. Anyway, before we get there, joining me online is my good friend and author Dash. I wanted to bring him on because he is a good friend and he helps promote my Twitter feed. And he's a fantastic human being. So we're gonna spend about two to three minutes uh, talking about him with his new libertarian-based, liberty-minded book. Dash, how are you, my friend? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? It's fun. Happens fun. What about you? Awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm just chilling. Excellent, excellent. Um, so tell us about your book. Give us the name of it, how we can find it. Yeah. Give us a brief rundown on what it is exactly. You got the screen. So my book is uh, on green. It's uh, it's a crime noir that involves a illegal street racing ring, and uh, the story follows a young mechanic who is working and living in New York. And um, he's kind of hard up on times. He has to take a second job as a rideshare driver. And uh, one night on the job, he ends up having a harrowing encounter with one of the city's richest men, Bob Bellhorn. And uh, Bob ends up exploiting Dustin's past as a criminal street racer and hires him to uh, race for him in this uh, illegal ring and uh, under a business deal. <clears throat> and uh, the, the spider webs kind of get real twisted because uh bob's wife lydia ends up falling for dustin so it gets wild <laughs> yeah something something that you had mentioned to me uh that i wanted you to to give us more of a, a elaboration on here for about 30 mm -hmm. 45 seconds or so um is that you said a lot of people will look at this book and they'll see it's about street car racing which is not it's actually about human relationships can you give us yep. a little bit more detail on that yeah so the the the, the the street racing is really just the vehicle of the story. Uh, there's actually a lot of album plugorian. Right. And uh, I heard you earlier mention um, Jordan Peterson and uh, chapter 18 that is fully inspired by him actually. Uh, wow. So there's a lot of character, there's a lot of character development. It goes through uh, highs, lows and emotions. Uh, there's a lot of, there's some comedy, there's some, some real sad parts, but uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a ride through, through human relationships with these characters and the characters all together kind of form this concept that I'm kind of curious to see if the readers pick up on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I've noticed with books is, uh, and maybe I'm self projecting here, but I've also heard from other people that tend to read a little bit more than the rest of the population is that they'll read through a book and then they'll read through it a couple of more times and they'll get so much more of the nuance of the character arc and the character development and the relationships and the actual uh, developmental cycle of the entire series as a whole 
in general. Is that something that uh, you would think that's going to happen with the readers? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of layers to this book. You know, I spent, I spent 10 months writing it. Uh, It was kind of my, my kicking depression in the balls kind of thing. Cause we had faced some tragedies in life, me and my wife. And uh, we, we got, we got down pretty hard. So this was kind of like, wow. you know, I'm taking, taking things back myself. I'm going to write this book, but I've had the book brewing for about 10 years prior to writing this. So there there's, it's had a lot of time to stew. Wow. That's absolutely fantastic. So uh, your Twitter handle is up here at insert dash. So yep. if you go to uh, uh, Dash's Twitter handle, you'll find all the, the the bios and links there but other than that what would you like to uh to promote how can people easily come get your book and how can they support you yeah so if you hop on twitter at insert dash uh that's the social media platform now i'm kind of primarily on have a lot of fun on there just goof around but um uh, my pinned tweet has the link to the book and then up in my bio i actually have a merch store that pertains to the book it's uh, the official merch store so you can grab some cool car themed t-shirts and stuff like that it's kind of a fun uh fun nod and uh, to the, uh, the 90s and early 2000s car culture, which is something that I used to be real passionate about. So, That's awesome, man. See, this yep. is the kind of stuff that we need to do when we're very invested and passionate about it, something we need to create and we need to drive it as far as we possibly can. Dash, thank you for writing the book, man. I uh, hope everyone goes and gets a copy. Thank you for joining the show. Go follow him at Insert Dash and go get the book today. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Love you. Absolutely, man. Let's let bon that's right. <laughs> that's right. I wanted to say yeah. that to you because I, I used to live in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm from Baton Rouge. So a lot of people ask me, like, oh, wait, you're in Mississippi? I didn't know there was cages in Mississippi. I'm like, no, I'm from yeah. Baton Rouge. Me and the cages I live here because of my wife. No, I love it. Great, great exit, my man. Thank you so much. All I'll right, talk man. to you later tonight. All right, bud. All right, bud. Absolutely excellent. So please go, uh, go to Insert Dash and go follow him on Twitter and Please, please, please go buy his book. It is not expensive whatsoever. And these are the kind of things that we have to do to accelerate the culture if we're going to want to win. If you want to win, then we're going to need to elevate the voices that are trying to change the culture. Because politics is downstream of culture. All right, so let's get to this garbage 1-6 stuff. I think it's absolutely hilarious. So if you're not up to speed, Kevin McCarthy took over the House of Representatives. He then acquired all of the security footage of the House of Representatives of Congress, right? And he sent all of that to the bow tie wearing Tucker Carlson. That's about all I know of Tucker. He's got some weird hair and he wears a bow tie. Um, I've never watched a single episode, but I have seen a lot of the footage, which really just proves the initial response and analysis from many of us, many, saying well look you had like something like a million people there then only a few hundred entered the capitol and then only a handful of those were violent that that's what i saw i can't confirm that i wasn't there but that's what i saw and so it's like yeah you're a bunch of idiots that's what i that's like you're you're all fools you're buffoons you're playing into the hands you never should have done that whatsoever because you've cre- look at the chaos that's been created, right? Just forget the lies that the opposition has been trying to sell you for two, three years now. Forget that. Look at the chaos that it's caused. Look at the overt amplification of surveillance that it's caused. 
And now we get to see some of the stuff that you weren't allowed to see until now. And that's basically what you saw was the QAnon shaman, which I didn't know was a word or a title up until the last couple of weeks. I find it hilarious. Um, I knew he was, he had a name, but I hadn't heard that name so freaking much until the last week or so. The dude with the bullhorns, right? That guy, the guy with the flag and the bullhorns walking around the Capitol. Um, just walking around, being escorted through the building by police. Like, wh what? And I saw footage prior, like, you know, a couple of years, but when it first happened, I'm like, the police are letting them in. What are we talking about? You, you're what? What are you talking about? A couple of people broke some glass, and then it comes out that the only person that actually died, to our knowledge, uh, on that day as a direct result of the violence was Ashley Babbitt, who was murdered in cold blood by a cop. So, excuse me, uh, but the libertarian in me is going to take the side of the, uh, yeah, I don't like cops. And so I watched that. You could see that footage, and she was shot. No other cop shot a single fire, a single round at that, in that instant. Don't think another shot was fired, period. I'm not going to commentate a bunch on it because I don't, I didn't prepare for it, right? I could do a bunch better job of commentary on this subject because I have followed it for a long time, um, but I'm not. And so I just wanted to highlight a couple of the key points there that the lies that have been told over and over and over again. And then we have cops murdering people or a person in cold blood. Let's try And then they made him a hero after Two years of riots and a bunch of ACAB movements, which I was a part of. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to defend the cop. Are you kidding me? What? No, I'm not going to defend that guy. But all the people that were ACAB, all of a sudden, they're just perfectly okay with a, an unarmed woman. We're the feminists. We're the ACABs. An unarmed woman being gunned down in cold blood by a cop who had no business shooting anybody in the first place. Y'all were letting them in. Okay, I'll stop there. Let's listen to this uh, first one because Chuck Schumer is not the banality of evil. Chuck Schumer is evil. He completely knows what he's doing. I would say Nancy Pelosi is more along the lines of the banality of evil. Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, uh, evil. Evil. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They're absolutely horrible human beings. So um, I'm pretty sure the first one's from Chuck. Let's listen. So many others who were here in the Capitol and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News. From a couple of days ago, by the way. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch. Tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. What what's what lie? Speaker McCarthy is every bit as culpable as Mr. Carlson. How? Speaker McCarthy's decision to share security footage with Fox looked like a mistake from the very beginning. But after last night, it looks like a disaster. Speaker McCarthy has played a treacherous 
No, let me let me stop there. I thought it was about the end. How, what lies? What lies? I didn't hear a single second of Tucker's narration. I just watched the video. You're telling me not to. You're telling me to disbelieve my lying eyes. The party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final, most essential command. What lies? I don't need Tucker's narration. Never did in my life. Not going to need it ever for one day moving forward. I could see it. They were marching him around the Capitol. I watched the cops escort him through the Capitol. I watched them let people in. I watched these people literally follow through freaking guided, roped-in areas. What lies? And now you're calling for the censorship of a, a, whoever. doesn't matter whoever. Free speech. You're, that's what Chuck Schumer is calling for. The censorship of free speech of the press. Congress shall make no law bridging the freedom of ex expression or the gathering of religious events or, you know, I always want to keep using a different word here because I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this stuff. Griping at your Congress. Regressive grievances. All right. Treacherous game by catering to the hard right. He's enabled the big lie and has further eroded away at our precious democracy. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. He didn't do that. Diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie. That's enough of that. I, I, I can't take these people. As I've tweeted, these progressives will literally accuse all of their political opponents. I'm not talking about concern. I'm talking about every single demographic that opposes their progressive, cancerous, degenerate agenda. They accuse all of you. For what they're guilty of. It's quite remarkable to see in real time. That's why I always talk about. How we cannot. Con we cannot uh, simply. Reference one dictatorship or another. One dictatorial regime or another. No, they're using a combination of, of, of tricks and attributes here. You're talking about Pol Pot. You're talking about Mussolini. You're talking about. Hitler, which is the one that only everybody ever references, when we should be talking about Mao, Mao Zedong, cultural revolutionist in China, 55 to 60 million dead, way more than Hitler, much recent. Why aren't we talking about him? It, it's so maddening. 
somehow, not in it, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow yeah. not an attack at all. Okay, and here, here's why I rewound that. This is what I found out from other commentators later. At the very beginning, apparently, to these other commentators, Tucker showed the violence. What he's doing is disgustingly vile because he knows that the people that will believe him are the people that will never go watch a damn second of that show. He showed the violence at the beginning. He's simply showing you the rest of the act. Explain to me how he's not or how he's saying it wasn't violent. He never said that. He showed you the violence at the beginning. These people are shameless liars and they love the violence of 1-6. Don't do it again. Please, for the love of God, learn your effing lesson. Because they will capitalize off of it and run campaigns on it for two plus years. And then when the footage comes out that they rejected to show you that he's talking about was cherry-picked cherry by Tucker Carlson when they were cherry-picking it the entire time. Because if they weren't, you'd have seen this footage at the beginning. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. He's going to say Tucker was cherry picking when the January 6th committee was cherry picking the whole time. Amazing. Truly disgusting. Truly disgusting. Let's listen to this. So first of all, you hear from this quote-unquote journalist, a propagandized question, uh, shot out to diversity to hire Karen Jean Payer. <laughs> I mean, off the top, off the top. It's not even framed in an intellectually honest manner. It's framed off the off the top as propaganda. It's it's the twisting of the word. It's the twisting of the phraseologies. Instead of they were, he was labeling them tourists instead of insurrectionists. It was peaceful instead of violent. They, they, they're absolute liars. They hate you. If you stand for any liberty whatsoever that doesn't align with their own agenda, they hate your guts. Keep that in mind. Keep them. I've been accused of being a hard right person. Me. The guy that's a multiple Democrats on the show, multiple trans people on the show, like, literal major advocate against police, the FBI, the DHS, the CIA, the NSA, the military industrial complex, somebody who would be by all definitions a 1980s Democrat. Because I point out the truth. These people are sick and twisted. So let's listen to uh, Karen Jean Pear's response. Disagree. Disagree. Anybody who watched that video uh, in a 
with their own eyes in a real way and saw what happened on that day would would disagree with what was just stated. Um, okay, sorry, I screwed that up. But basically what she's saying is that Anybody that watched that video with their own eyes on that day would disagree with the analysis that was presented by Tucker Carlson. But what it really sounds like, and which I really agree with, was that she she just she's so bad at her job, she can't uh, provide a definitive difference between the two. You can easily interpret that in what she says, and go, go listen to it. Right? It sounds like what the jur journalist is asking is what she's saying if anybody watched it with their own eyes they would disagree with that statement which yeah exactly and then add the nuance then add the nuance of what happened but instead what she's actually doing but because she's so effing bad at her job she's trying to say that anybody that watched the footage from Tucker Carlson and watched the footage from what happened that day was strongly just with their own eyes. Oh, they gaslight you so bad. Yeah, I disagree with the narrative that that journalist just put out. <laughs> All right, one more, and then we are uh, we're getting about here. Here's your here's your favorite Republican. One second, uh, Mitch, the Turtle McConnell. What the are you doing, Kentucky? Really, uh, honestly, Kentucky, <laughs> you have Rand Paul and Thomas Massey, two of the best congressmen people in D.C., quite literally. Like the most liberty-minded, most libertarian. They have their faults, obviously. They're Republicans. They're going to vote hardline Republican Party stuff sometimes. So they're not perfect. Thomas Massey, Rand Paul, both from Kentucky. Why in the mother expletive do you still have Mitch McConnell as the Senate majority, well, minority leader because you clowns raided the local homeless shelter for candidates and wonder why you lost the Senate again after shutdowns, the lockdowns, the absolute tyranny, the mandates, the, the crime is through the roof. And you still lost this and barely scraped by the house. Yeah, maybe not maybe not raid the insane asylum for candidates. Maybe, just maybe, you should actually start pretending. Not pretending. You should actually start being the party of small government. Do that. You'll win. Here's your favorite Republican, Mitch McConnell. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at Capitol thinks. You mean the guy that oversaw the other cop that shot all shot the girl? Yeah, that that's that's the chief of police you're talking about, the one that was okay, and then literally put that guy on a national interview, promoted as a hero after he murdered an innocent woman. Or an unarmed woman. She was from the video. It does look like she was like breaking and entering, but it's capital. It's not somebody's house. There's police everywhere. You can kill anybody else. A bunch of other people did a lot worse stuff there. Not to mention, we now have proof that the feds were involved, or at least it seems that way. YouTube.
Great show. Um, loved having you here. Gonna get to your comments right now. <laughs> We're gonna get out of here. I just uh gonna have a stroke because they keep making me defend Republicans. Like, just, uh, would you not, please? Like, they're in, in Democrats. I defend a lot of Democrats too, but the Democrats are in charge right now and they're just falling apart. It's just destructive because they've given into the far left progressive agenda. There's still a handful of Democrats that have some sanity. I can prove that. I can show it. I will show it because I'm, I'm here for it. We need a balance. If we're going to have this destructive, cancerous two-party system, then at least have some sanity on both epping sides to balance out the insanity and the extremeness that both sides possess. And as of lately, I'm having to defend these. I'm not going to defend Mr. McConnell. But Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the lies that we've been told around January 6th, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I care about the truth. I care about the truth. And right now what the progressive left is doing is trying to mandate that the truth be biased towards conservatism. And I'm not about to let that happen. I'm going to let the truth be biased towards the truth. And as much as I can make the truth apolitical on a political podcast. Now, if you can figure out how to dance that, let me know because I'm desperately trying. On a political podcast, I'm trying to make the truth apolitical. And you're making me sound like a conservative. You're making my page sound like a conservative. But I don't care. I don't care. I hate it. I don't like it because I'm not that. I'm a 1980s Democrat. I'm a classical liberal. Always have been. I'm just on the side of truth and sanity. Nick, being led through like that by by Capitol Police officer says it all. Dude was a plant. I don't know if he's a plant or not, but he was definitely an idiot. Let's see. Morgan Dow. Uh, debates are one with logic. Relationships are one with emotions. True. Uh, I would say a nice, perfect balance and mixture of the two can be great in both arenas. One might be a little more lopsided in the other, but a good striking balance. Thank you, Logic. How is Mitch still in office? It makes no sense whatsoever. Other than the fact that uh, when I've talked about this before, when I've tweeted about it, I had a bunch of Kentuckians and the Libertarian Party of Kentucky talk to me. Um, uh, conspiratorially, dude stealing elections. That's, that's all I can say. That, that's the only thing that makes sense. I don't want to believe it, though. So I don't know if it's true or not, either. YouTube. But that was a serious YouTube reference. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Morgan Dow, that was well said, Cajun. Thank you very much, brother. Doing a great job, man. Thank you so much. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I, I can't tell you how many black pills I've been fed. I can't tell you how many times I've been called a, a, a MAGA Trump cultist and a raging progressive libtard in the same Twitter thread. It's countless times at this point. It's so hard to deal with 
I'll be I'll be transparent with y'all. I deal with it with a grain of salt, but it stacks up a lot, to be honest. Emotionally, physically, psychologically, physiologically, um, it stacks on me because it really does feel like where's there's no coming back. And I I, can't, I don't want to believe that. I wouldn't be doing this. Why would I waste my time and money that I don't make money? I don't make any money off of this. I can't not believe that there's no coming back. I have to be able to believe that we can come back. But I'm telling you, it's, it's pretty demoralizing to, to multiple times over to be called a, a raging libtard progressive lived hard and a MAGA cultist in the same comment section like countless times but that's me being completely transparent it's why the show I totally believe besides the favor of God it, it's just that it's, it's why this show is popular is because I am transparent with you because I'm going to share with you my emotions and my feelings and how I interact with the public with major platforms like I have. I have to. Because, as I said before, if we're all just Whoopi, Bo Whoopi Goldbergs and <coughs> Sean Hannity's, then we're doomed. We're doomed. We have to be transparent. There's no way we can inject even the most minimal amount of healing into our society if we can't be honest and transparent. So obviously that requires us to be do that, to do that with ourselves first. And then we portray that to the public. Humility, honor, transparency, integrity, lots of, of the ease, <laughs> lots of the ease, but we got to do it. We got to do it. Um, Nick says nine out of the ten on Twitter don't don't know what they are anyways, but don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, you ain't wrong. That's the one the only reason I carry on. I can drudge on, but that's still right. Like I don't care. It's not let me let me elaborate for one second and then we're getting out of here. I don't care that they call me the names. My my point is that I hate the fact that we're so unbelievably potentially irreparably divided that that's my point and when you got that that's just a that's that that's the best example i can give you is that i am called a raging lib, progressive libtard in a mega cultist in the same condiment section countless times like this is the best i can give you about how nasty bitter and divided our society is and so what I would say is go talk to your neighbor. Go have face-to-face -face conversations. I do all the time. Um, be the one to initiate some humility. When you go into somebody else's comment section, you might not agree with them. You know, and it's a random person, right? It's not like some freaking celebrity that knows a, a, a has the IQ of a paper plate in the intellectual ceiling of a toddler. You know, don't don't worry about them. Just berate them. <laughs> That's, you know, but when it's other people. As normal people, and you you get a sniff of an opportunity, then ask, hey, can you clarify 
what this means? Because here's what I think you mean. I hope you don't mean that. But it sounds like you mean it. But I don't want to assume your intent. I can't tell you. I'm, I cannot tell you how many people I've won over that way. Lots, lots. I'm not saying they go vote libertarian, but they continue to follow me and they continue to be exposed by libertarian principles, liberty principles. Don't tread on me stuff. You know, they might still go vote Republican. They're probably still going to go vote Democrat, but they stick with me. And that's why. That's why. So that's my encouragement. That is my encouragement at the end. Bunch of black pills there. Bunch of fun on the episode. Lots of viewers. Lots of lots and lots of live viewers. And thank you, my friend Andis. Uh, please stay tuned. Uh, we're, we do this a lot. This is what we do here. This is what we do here. I love it when people can't pinpoint my po- politics. I'm called a Republican by the left and a Democrat by the right. That's exactly all the time. All the time. it's laughable it's just uh it's very you know it can be demoralizing and disheartening with with platforms that have thousands of followers you know the facebook page has thirty two thousand followers the twitter page has seventeen thousand followers or almost seventeen thousand followers so needless to say i get a lot of interaction on social media so forgive me if i say you know if i gave you that last little little bit of context as kind of a black pill or negative it's just uh it's just what i see it's what i see it's what i go through you know and so um i hope i i gave some good good information there at the end a lot of you still sticking with me so i just want to say as we close this out i love you very much i love each and every one of you even if you're new here I promise you i say it every show every show every show i love each and every one of you very much i'm a Christian. I'm a Jesus lover. I'm a person who loves people. I just love people. And I do really love you. We could, you can hate my guts and vehemently disagree with me. But at the end of the day, I promise you, I want to see you live your best life. And I want to see you go to heaven. Full stop. I do. I do. I love each and every one of you. I will see you every Monday or every Sunday and Wednesday at six central. That's going to be changing soon. Uh, not anytime soon, but, but kind of soon within the next six months or so, because we're going to be moving for a variety of we, uh, reasons. Also, I will be launching back the Liberty lunch break show at noon, Monday through Friday. They're like two to five minutes long. They're very short, just little fun snippets of information. Uh, a lot of comedy introduced in those segments. And so please, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, like the show, share it with your friends because word of mouth is still the number one avenue for success in any business. So much love, love y'all. Great show. YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you can get your podcast. Monday through Friday at noon central, Sunday, or, uh, uh, Liberty Lunch Break, and then Sundays and Wednesdays at 6 central live off the wire i will see you same cajun time same cajun channel and i am out